Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com uh, Racer X podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. This is the Dallas Supercross Review. And, uh, of course, like I said, my name is Steve Mathis. We're going to reca- recap Dallas the best way we can, the only way we know how to, and that's uh, truthfully and with some laughs along the way. Um, with me on the line is uh, esteemed online editor slash my boss, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, that's the only reason I'm on this, because I'm your boss and I make it happen. Yeah, you're my boss. You're my boss. That's the only... Real credibility I bring to this, me yeah. forcing you yes. for authority. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And then uh, our regular companion, David Pingree, feeling under the weather. So we once again went to the bench, and uh, this happens from time to time, uh, and we brought in a real live racer, um, Jason Thomas of the BTOsports.com BBMX team. JT, what's up? Uh, just got done riding a little bit ago. Got to the hotel. Yeah. Do this podcast. Testing in North Carolina, not far from Wygant probably. Right now. Yeah, wait, yeah, was you at? Your... I even sent you a text today. What happened? Uh, I just got to the hotel right now. We're going to go eat dinner in a little bit if you want to go. Uh, when this is done? Yep, absolutely. It's... Uh, what, t- what town are you in? Uh, I'm in Huntersville. Let's do it. It's thr- wow. Thrilling radio right now. Um, yep. wow. I, was at, I was at your boy uh, Zachy Poos actually today. Ooh, how is Zachy? Was he there? Was Zachy there? He wasn't there. I didn't see him. I don't know what he's doing. No doubt running in the mountains. Clearly, he was uh, off well, training. Maybe he was riding hundreds of miles on his bicycle, but I didn't see him. Well, Zach's trainer, I don't know if, if, JT, how much you know about Zach's trainer, but he's Yeah, they the, go to, like, Canary Islands and, right. and uh, all these crazy places. It seems yeah. like wherever Zach's trainer wants to vacation is where, they, where he must train. Yeah. yeah, that's the running joke between me and Albertson is uh, this guy is uh, just vacationing on, on Zach's training regimen. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, we're going to train in Maui next week. And then uh, I have this spot in Fiji that is great for altitude training. Yes. And so uh, we're going to need two tickets first class, Zachy. Yeah, totally. Yep. Uh, um, staying at the Ritz. They have a great gym there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, riding down. So look at that. You two are going to hook up. with Jimmy, top Jimmy's there too. Oh, my God. And Brayton's in town. Why, Gant? Ooh, that was uh, – I didn't town. sleep at all Saturday night because I was doing the race report. My flight was at 520 in the morning. So I was really worried by the time I got to the airport that I'd be hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. But then I cruised up to the gate, and who did I see sitting there? Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, flying to Charlotte. And then that was pff, Starbucks. Wow. Who needs it? I was on a natural high. <laughs> oh, my God. Brayton, Top Jimmy, JT, Zachy Poo, all in the same area as you right now. Millsaps uh, was in town, too. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's let's cover Dallas. Uh, JT, what happened? 
Uh, let's see, Bill Poto won. Um, Barsha uh-huh. won. All right, I'm just. Uh, uh, Chad Reed got hurt. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, you're talking about me? Yeah, I went slow. Okay. Um, right. it. First, let's uh, let's talk about the track, though. JT, you you're the only guy who raced it out of us. Why well, again? I didn't see you down there, so. Uh, I'm just going to assume you didn't at all ride the track. Just your boss. That's all I got. Yeah. JT, what did you think of it? Yeah. How would you like it? Well, uh, it? It really had no options. It was very simple, but yet I think the racing was pretty good. Yeah, it was uh, it's pretty tough uh, sections. Like, the, the whoops changed a lot, kind of like all day and night. And uh, it's it's Dallas, so it's really hard, hard pack. Uh, it was a little bit tackier this year than normal. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was a difficult track. Just I think the the dirt made it a little bit tough. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like weird crashes and stuff that you you know don't normally see. I think. Right. And they used the sand section the best way they could with a straight line coming out out of it. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they kept like rebuilding the like the sand mounds all day. Mm-hmm. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, like we started the day and they were like nothing. Then we went out for the first time practice and they were really big. Yeah. And uh, kind of like changed all day and obviously that you know played a huge role in the race later on but let me ask you this uh um the the section before the last triple after the sand section the left hand corner uh reed in practice was going all the way over the table double out to the inside what why couldn't they guys do that more consistently like to me i think i think pretty much everybody was doing that early yeah uh and then like then they the turn kind of changed. Like, everybody started going inside in that turn real mm-hmm. tight yep. because of the way, like, the sand slowed down. Like, when those bumps got built, yep. the sand section slowed down a lot. So we were able to go inside real tight. And then you couldn't really step over from the inside. Um, so that kind of forced us to go on-off and then inside. Yeah. Uh, if the okay. sand had stayed really fast where it was kind of pushing us a little wider, mm-hmm. In uh, and, and the left, and we then we had more room. We could go over double inside. Right. And the the over double inside was fastest, but yeah, uh, not not when you had to set up in the turn. You know what I mean? So right. the race line was like you had to protect protect the inside after the sand, and then protect all the way around. Uh, what do you think of the shack? Well, I can't uh, as a media guy. I, I wrote my column today, and it's going to go up on Racer X tomorrow. Uh, I liked it. Thought it was good, um, even though it was simple. I just thought it had provided some good racing. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think it was good. Um, I, I do want to ask, though. Um, you know, after practice was done, once all the practices were complete, they went in there and and went to work on the whoops. And, and obviously, we're already talking about the sand section changing constantly. Um, <clears throat> so, JT, were the whoops? It was maintenance, but how much did it change? Like the last practice to your heat race, were the whoops totally different, or was it just a touch up? Because it looked like they were working. Oh uh, yeah, they 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 changed a lot because. You know, first practice, everybody blitzed them. It was, there was no other option. Um, then by the last practice, we were all just jumping through them, just kind of mm-hmm. jump in and then almost jump all the way out. Uh, yep. And then, you know, you know, queue up the heat race again, and then everybody's blitzing because they pretty much completely rebuilt them. And then, you know, smash cut to the main event, and everybody's jumping again. So it was like every time you went out, um, you kind of had to assess if you could jump yet, because the, the jumping was the fastest line if it was possible. So, um, well, what I'm getting you really at had to kind of perfect. stay on top of it. Is it is that um, you know, I guess if you take the very very roots of the sport of dirt bike racing, it's like, hey, you got to read terrain and figure out lines or whatnot. But we know that Supercross is getting pretty far removed 
from that idea. Um, I mean, these are man-made tracks. So, hey, when practice, they call it practice, right? So you can practice on the track, and then you go out for your heat race when there isn't a hot lap. Is that as bad as it sounds? Because I see them change the loops. I'm like, okay, you have practice. You give guys a chance to learn the track, and then you change everything, and then the first time they really see it is in a heat race. Is that as bad as it sounds, or is it actually pretty easy to adapt? Uh, it's a little bit sketchy. Like, I, I sometimes I don't envy the lights guys so much because they don't get to see anybody ride it. Um, mm-hmm. So usually for, for uh, myself, I go up in the stands and watch the lights guys and kind of watch their trajectory and watch them hit the whoops, and you can really gather a sense of what they've uh-huh. done and how the faces are and all that stuff. Um, but for the lights guys, it's kind of sketchy because you're not allowed to walk the track or even check it out. You know, it's all dark in there before they race. So uh, it's sometimes it's scary. Like, you know, the faces aren't always the same. You know, whenever you rework a track, it's not like you can make everything identical to how it was. So you have to be careful at the beginning. But for the 450 guys, we kind of have an idea from watching a little bit. Uh, as far as the corners go there, I was going to ask about this one too. Like, if you watch that Lights main event, the guys, obviously there was some contact that was pretty high profile. But it did look like they were able to race the way it rutted up and they, their, their ruts ended up. You saw a few turns to me that seemed like they had maybe at least two ruts in there, two different ways to go. Did it end up being one line? In the, some of the rhythms became one line, but were there actually ways to pass in the corners without hitting it? It looked to me like there was, but, but what was it actually like? I thought it was pretty tough to pass. Um, I, I thought yeah. you had to get aggressive to pass. Uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of The track kind of forced that because of, uh, you know, anytime you have 180s, there's going to be a lot of block passing. Um, yep. but, but, 180s, you, but 180s are good, right? We, we do no, think, they are, yeah, absolutely. Right, if right, you have all yeah. 90s, you can't pass. I don't care what you do. Right. I mean, it's just yeah. not possible. You know, like, you saw a few passes in the 90, um, the section we were talking about where Reed was going over to, mm-hmm. uh, like Wharton jumping across the line and stuff like that. Like, you have to get crazy dirty yeah. to, to make a pass in a 90-degree turn. Um, you know, so... Yes, you're going to get block passing, but the 180s at least allow some kind of passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I thought the track was kind of one-lined at night. Um, you know, it just, especially when you get any kind of, like, dirt like Dallas where it's the insides are really slippery, uh, it just takes the inside away. Um, it's it just not really possible to do anything with it. And I think, you know, after the finish line, we, we passed the mechanics and then went left. And a few times here and there, you could see guys try to make the inside work, and it was yeah. just too slippery. You know, you just couldn't get the traction to make it work. And, uh, you know, I had that have been Atlanta or Indy or maybe somewhere with a lot of traction, you could have seen a pass work there. But I thought, um, just Dallas. I thought watching practice that was going to be a primo blow-up spot, but it wasn't. Yeah, didn't turn out that way. Yeah, it was just too slippery. You just couldn't make it work. Um, well, Zach, otherwise, Zach, like I said, those softer dirt, that inside would have been an awesome passing spot. Timmy would have made it work. Well, yes, we're talking about mortals here, though, Steve. Okay, thank you. Um, hey, let's uh, let's get to the race. Uh, obviously, Villapoto won. That that's a story. Three in a row for him, and, and a nice points lead. But Chad Reed going down, probably the bigger story. JT, you're tight with Reed. Oh, I guess I mean we all we all know him well. JT, you know him very well. And uh, how you doing? You taking it okay? Yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, especially just the way it happened because I mean that's the best he's ridden maybe ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of everything's been coming together for him. He's got his bike where he wants it, and he's got, like, such a good team finally. You know, everybody on his team he's super happy with, and 
and uh, they had their setup just so figured out, and it was pretty evident, you know, not only at San Diego but all day. I mean, even his his second best time in practice was still the fastest time, um, and uh, it just it just was you know it was sad to see him finally get everything where he wanted it, and then right. he kind of have a big injury now. So um, were you? Um, yeah, I was. Were you watching it from stands? Did you? Yeah, I was. Okay. I was. Um, did you think was he kind of? Did you think he was getting up? I did. I was like, oh yeah, it's bad crash, um, but it's Chad Reed. Yeah, I saw him get up, but then I mean the guys crashed big like that, and then gotten back on his bike and yeah. finished the race. So when I knew when he wasn't looking to get back in the race, I knew something was wrong. Right. Uh, it, so that, that worried me a little bit. Um, so, you know, I was with him after the race and in the truck and everything. And, uh, right. you know, I could see how much pain he was in. So it wasn't, wasn't a good situation. I felt bad for him and just I've to, been there. So I know how it feels. It's just, you know, bad deal all the way around. Just a, a bad seat bounce, huh? If you had to analyze a crash, I'm not sure if you've seen it on TV or not, but, uh, <sighs> Yeah, he just kind of changed lines, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, he cut the turn tighter than than he had been previously doing that seat bounce. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the the jump was faced different there, if there was a kicker, or he just, mm-hmm. you know, the angle of the turn, you know, kind of what the suspension different. Um, you know, we were kind of trying to figure out what happened too, and you know, right. I think if he would have landed six inches further, the front would have yeah. went forward. Like, the front tire would have went forward, and he would have saved it instead of, like, yeah. compressing back at him. I agree. Um, you know, that that was, I, you know, the sport's all about inches sometimes, and unfortunately, you know, I bet him a little bit. And the uh, and the boot, I think I don't think the boot helped either. His boot get, get, getting caught on the foot peg, um, that probably didn't help either. That, that t- yeah, obviously, that brought him you know, I don't know what ride. happened there, but that was what did all the damage. Yeah. You know, he couldn't get away from the bike, and then, right. you know, the when the bike tumbled, then his leg went with it, and... That's never, the, never good. The works Honda foot pegs, uh, super trick, super expensive, super sharp, and maybe in this one time, uh, they didn't help. <laughs> you need yeah, a, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not really qualified to say what happened. You know, oh, I didn't see the bike no, earlier. No, no, I'm serious. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if it was the boot or the foot peg or. Well, the boot got I caught on the sharp foot peg somewhere along the line. No, I'm just saying I don't know where the blame lays. You know, no I don't one's know blaming everybody. If it was the boot's no, fault no, or the foot no peg's fault or Chad's fault or no one's knows. trying to blame I, I anybody. I do know that whatever happened was the reason that he, you know, his, yeah. his leg is so beat up now. I'm not sure. To, I'm not trying to blame anybody. I'm just this shit. No, happened. no, I, yeah. I'm just saying I don't know where. There's obviously blame somewhere. I just don't know where. I just blame with Chad Reed. I mean, I, I, you know, it's hard to assess blame at that point. It's just kind of a maybe the universe, you know. Well, Tony Alessi would say the universe, ooh, I guess. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, right? right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't, hey, listen, you know, whatever. It, yeah. I guess you could ask Chad where the, you know. Obviously, something happened. I don't I don't know what. Um, I've never seen that happen before. So, yeah, something uh, went on. I'm with you. I'm with you. Very strange. Yeah, I've never seen it happen. But I can't see how a foot peg is like. It's not glue. Or, or like wow. having a rope tied to you, like that was really bizarre. The way it looked, it looked like it was like it was like it was lassoed on the bike. I can't see a foot peg, Not like it sinks into your boot to that degree. Well, there's vents in that boot, I believe. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. That's no. the new Fox boot. I haven't really seen it up close. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Hey, I just want to ask, as far as an injury goes, you very rarely. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of a situation where a guy, maybe I'm naive here, but to break a leg and tear your ACL at the same time. It's usually like, seems like one thing gives or another, not both. Is that pretty rare? And do you have any idea? Like, that seems like it would complicate things quite a bit, I would think, with rehab. And yeah, but like I that. think it was, I think it was because of the way 
like his leg kind of went sideways on the like yeah. with the bike um yeah. that it did both at the same time and i think i'm pretty sure that the brake is really close to the knee Mm-hmm. I see. Um, so, like that, all that force when it went sideways was all in the same place. So, broke the ACL yeah. tore from the bone, and the bone broke at the same point from all the force. So, uh, I think it was I kind of you know, all hey, one movement. And he tweeted something about his back. And he tweeted, I think, did he say ribs? Yeah, yeah, two ribs. T yeah. uh, six. Um, uh, but he was really, he was really complaining about his back and his chest more than even his knee and his leg. <laughs> At the time, yeah. you know, obviously his leg was bad because we were having to carry him around, but right. he was more in discomfort. And I think he still is. Actually, I know he is still, yeah. you know, more discomforted by his ribs and his back than anything because he can't really breathe. He can't really move. I asked him to come on the show last night, and he said he would, but it hurts to talk. So, uh. yeah, it's just. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard your ribs before, but everything hurts. Like you well, can't sleep, you can't move, you yeah. can't get comfortable, you can't do anything. I always wore a chest protector when I raced, JT. Just uh, FYI on that. So. Um, don't know why okay. more guys don't. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm sure people have broken their ribs with chest protectors on. Steve. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see some data on that. Uh, why, why again? If you're t- maybe Leah has that data for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the obvious question is, um, and this we're seven rounds in, but this is why we get paid the big bucks. Is this thing over? Why again? Is this is this over? I think at this point you've got to dig deep to try to find reasons to not think it is, and that's just to keep, you know, to keep the enthusiasm. Even heck, I got to feel like even the riders in the series, maybe JT can answer that too. But everybody wants to see competition. Everybody wants to see good battles. Everybody wants to yeah. see be close. Whether you're in that race or watching that race or covering the race or work for teams, whatever. Yeah. Um, so now we're all going to have to really. There is no evidence, unfortunately, that would make you think that. It's still up in the air. I mean, Stewart is obviously struggling big time. Canard's out. Reed's out. Um, Dungey has had about four races now where he just, for one thing or another, hasn't really even seen the leaders. Um, and Villapoto's got a big points lead. And what are the odds of Villapoto throwing away without being pushed? I mean, obviously anything can happen. You go back to Jacksonville yeah. last year, that had nothing yeah. to do with pressure or being pushed or anything. It just First happened. Yeah. Yeah, so it can happen, but that's what I'm saying. You need to start thinking of weirdo scenarios to almost convince yourself that there's a yeah. that there's a shot because well, without anyone being able to press the guy, it's going to be tough. He's got almost 50 points on Stewart, who's in fourth, and yep. that's two races and uh, yep. and 19, I think, on Dunge. 13, I think, 13. which is which is reasonably close. Yep, but you need to have something. Um, you need to have something go wrong. You know, for example, last year. You know, people still talk about, well, if Dungy's chain hadn't come off, he could have won the title. But he partially got into it because the points leader didn't qualify for a main, which has happened like once ever in the history of the sport. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's not great odds. Of oh, it like didn't happen before? I, didn't, I thought it never did. Did you dig that stat up? Well, the only other one, not, in, not injury-free, like RJ in 87 oh, yeah. crashed and didn't make it, but it was because he crashed and hurt his and broke his fingers and couldn't race. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think straight up not qualifying ever. So you're really – these are rare things to have it go that badly. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how I felt, too, is you need uh, – there's two scenarios that are possible for RV, I think, to not win, barring injury, is a Jacksonville scenario where you don't qualify and, and uh, give up 25 points, or 
Dungey gets it together here and starts winning some races. Well, what? Other than those two things, I don't see any other way. What's gone on with Dungey? San Diego was uh, uh, the whoops really did him in. Some of the other races, he hasn't gotten the start. Um, what's gone on, yeah, JT? This, this weekend, this weekend, I think he would have been okay, but he crashed in the first lap of the heat, yeah. you know, and then barely got in. So then he's on the outside, and then it's just it's just snowballs at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, bad starts. You know, turn into more bad starts. So or whatever. So, in your opinion, JT, is he riding just as well as he was in Phoenix when he took off for the win? But the other guys are uh, I think better. He was pretty and... good this weekend. I think he. I don't know if he would have beat RV or not, right. but I think he was pretty good this weekend. I mean, he came from a long way back to catch those guys. Uh, San Diego, whatever problem they have in the whoops needs to be addressed. Yeah. Obviously, I think that was very apparent. But uh, I think this weekend he was okay. Just you know, he had a right. kind of a rough weekend and still salvaged second. So. Um. Why well, again? You know what would be? Uh, uh, I think I think retweeted this the other yesterday. Uh, he said, see you in the booth or something. And you're our resident TV expert on this podcast. Uh, but I don't. you don't need to be a TV expert to know that Reed, Chad Reed in the booth would be gold. Yeah, I think uh, it was Ralph uh, Shaheen said, you know, get well soon or whatnot. And uh, Chad said, thanks, maybe I'll come visit you guys in the booth one of these weeks. Yeah. Well, in o- or 2010, when he broke his hand, uh, we were still doing the webcast at that point. It was three or four weekends in a row where he was coming to the races and he came up to the booth. Right. It was awesome because we didn't even invite him up. Like, usually well, you're, like, begging the riders. He was very like, bitter. he looked for us and felt like doing it because he thought it was cool. Yeah. He was very bitter, he was, if, he was very bitter because I know he was going to the races because Monster was going to dock him unless he went to the races. So I guess he figured, I, I guess he figured, hey, <laughs> I got to go to the races. I may as well have some fun while I'm at it. Might as well do something. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, was, there was a yeah. lot of discussion about that. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, a gear company, I believe, too, also wanted him to. Yeah, absolutely, it was. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it was a yeah, very so large number. Webcast. <laughs> it was a very yeah. large number. Yeah, like our, like yeah. our, like our yearly salaries. Yeah, per week. <laughs> yeah, it was. Ridiculous. But I did hear also that year that there was he, he, uh, maternity leave was an acceptable excuse, but the injury was not because he had to miss a race that year, you know, for uh, to have a child. And I think then he was. All right, we're going too far. Okay, we're going too far. That was you can miss a race for that. Anyway, he would come to the booth and he did an unbelievable job. And I'm saying if he does go up to the booth, which I wouldn't be surprised at some point, um, um, that pr- might not be good for Fro and Carmichael because he's really good. Like really, <laughs> say, like I would keep. I've probably had I don't know from doing all these webcasts and whatnot twenty twenty five different ex-pros or current riders up in the booth that usually you have to spoon-feed them. Mm-hmm. Well, I would spoon-feed Chad the standard answer so he would have some place to go with it. Yeah. And he would just take the spoon and crush it and throw it back in my face and be like, no, I'm going to give you real information. <laughs> I'm going to give yeah. you real information. Right. Maybe so, like, and, and it would be like tires and tread patterns and compounds, and this guy tried this, and the rebound does this, and bike setup does this. And if you look at the way Stuart rides, this is what always happens, or this happens. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Something, so, something about the DGAF chromosome. Don't, well, yeah, I don't think give he, a F about. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that we, we see it in interviews with Chad. Like, I think he enjoys stirring it up and telling the truth, partially because he enjoys it and partially because it makes all the other guys that don't do that look bad. Right. You know, I'm the guy well, that tells it like it is, and these guys are stupid for not doing the same thing. There's no reason. Just do it. So I think he takes yeah, just, the same pride when he's in the booth. Just to add something to that, like, he gives me a lot of flack all the time because 
if I vent to him about something I'm not happy with or whatever, he's always like, you gotta, you gotta speak your mind. You gotta tell them to F off and do this. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not Chad Reed. Like if I do that, I'm gone. Like I'm history. Like you don't understand. He's like, you just got to stand up. I'm like, dude, if I stand up and start saying the things you say, like, I, I won't be around anymore. Like, you don't get it. So yeah. he, he's in a position where he can do that, which is yeah. a cool thing. Yep. yep. He actually does it. Yeah. The, uh, I, I like Fro. Um, he's, he's gotten, he's gone, he's gone far. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Ricky in the booth. I feel like he's got some favorites, but those guys do offer, uh, some pretty bland, uh, color, let's say on what's going on out there. It's pretty, pretty vanilla at times. Would we agree? Yeah, I won't disagree with you on that one. Yeah, I I feel like me. Okay, I haven't raced uh, at this level. I know a lot, but I don't know as much as them. Right. But I have to say that I rarely hear them say something where I'm like, "Wow." Right. Yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't didn't know that because I didn't race at this level. So mm-hmm. just learned something. I think both um, of them both of them are are wanting to avoid serious backlash too, which yeah, I don't blame oh, yeah. them. No, you oh, if yeah. you take a serious if you take a serious stand or have a, a strong opinion about something. Someone is going to hate it. Yeah, that's just a fact. Absolutely, you're never going to get away from that. So, and Chad takes a lot of heat for things he says, and I, I think Ricky and Jeff—not that there's no—not that it's bad, but I think that they both want to kind of stay more in the middle on on a lot of issues. Yeah. Oh, we wrestle with it every day with the stuff we do. Absolutely, that's an issue, and you got to be careful. So, it's just—it's—I guess I'm saying it's not as much as. They're doing a bad job as much as is that Reed would just say, I don't care, and I'm just going to say this anyway, which would make them look bad, even though they're doing it their way for an actual reason. You know, it's not because they're stupid. It's because you just can't. Yeah, right. Reed um, won't care, though. <laughs> another, pet, another pet peeve of mine watching the, the telecast this weekend was, I just feel like, and I've, I've said this about anybody, any of those guys, I just feel like like when Sean, like during a live four-hour broadcast, you know, when Sean Hackley is leading the LCQ, tell us about Sean Hackley. Tell us about Weston Pike, Gavin Faith. Do you think they know, though? Well, they, I don't think they know no, that much. No, they don't. And they need to, though. They need to know about this stuff. Not Ralph. That's but not I his mean, job. How, how can you predict? How can you Like, no one would have predicted that Sean Hackley was going to win the LCQ, and we need to have all this background info well, on him. But There's just, just no just, way to do just that. Know I, something, I don't think. Just know, I know. How do I know Sean Hackley? I know a lot about Sean Hackley. So does Wygant. So do you, probably, JT. I mean... It's just following everybody, not just the top ten guys, you know? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they should – all these guys have a moment in the sun at some point, and when they come up – why again? Did you not do X Games TV last two years? Yeah, and they do have a department for that. That's a difference in the networks for whatever reason, because Speed doesn't do that uh, at any level, in any, any series. You know, you're the announcer, you're responsible for – yeah. Doing your homework and knowing the information. For ESPN, they just don't work it that way. Where they, every sport that ESPN covers, they have someone in a booth with a giant binder. Here's everyone in this game, or everyone in this event. Like they literally paid me to do that at X Games. Like hand Cameron Steele a note card that says, "This guy broke his leg six months ago, and now he's back racing." So they have inf- interesting info. But you know, they're not going to do it in Supercross if they're not even doing it for F1 or NASCAR or anything. It's just it's not a speed, speed thing. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. not expecting. Fro and RC to know all this stuff now, but someone should feed them information on these guys because yeah. you have a you, you're not condensing this this race. It's four hours. It's live. It's a long time, and that's awesome and great for our sport. But let's give Sean Hackley his 
moment in the sun. Hey, this kid was a top amateur. He was uh, he won a Toyota truck and a spot on the Motor World team. He raced work series for a while. His career hasn't gone the way he likes it. He's black. I mean, something. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other side of the other side of that is it has to be done correctly. Otherwise, you get that Larry Huffman thing where Jeff Ward is father Scottish. You know, the just the off the wall. <laughs> Like what is that random factoid, yeah. right. you know? Right. It's like uh-huh. nothing to do with anything. Like his mother drives a Mercedes. Like just right. the dumbest facts you've ever heard. No, the, the best one was Wardy's mom's got a Ferrari. Her license plate oh, says yeah, Wardy's mom. Sorry. Yeah. It says Wardy's mom, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I'm just, I mean. You know what, though? I, I, it's, it's, um, the reason that they do that, that, the reason ESPN chooses to do that, it's not even to get, it's not for the Sean Hackley or the athletes to have their day in the sun. It's. Because the more they call that human interest, you know, the more of those interesting things you can tell the audience, the more interested the audience is in watching the show. So if they're just seeing two guys battle and they're like, all I know is one guy's number 99 and one guy's number 54. Or you have to humanize those people. Right, that's that's exactly what it is. Like, oh, Hackley was a strong amateur and he's had head injuries and missed all his time and he was gone for a while and now he's back and he's making a main. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. I'm going to root for this kid. Well, so that's why you do that. But, you know, that's like JT's saying, that's a big process. Well, but is it, but, though? I mean, why can't? Is it? We know this stuff, and we're no rocket scientists, believe me. JT races yeah. for a living, and I guarantee you, you know, he knows more than 99% of the people in the pits about what's going on with these guys and where they've been and what they've been doing. Again, Fro and RC, multi time champions, highest levels, they maybe shouldn't know it, but someone should. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like somebody. Yeah, there just needs yeah. to be a database, some kind of, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah like, some, somebody in in the booth that can, you know, give them little, and, you know, nuggets of information that would be yeah. interesting to, to people, yeah. I guess. And, and I mean, and I'm not saying the guy needs to be on camera, just like Wygant wasn't on camera. Just feed him index cards. Hey, Weston Pike, Rock River Yamaha, split from them, went to a Kawasaki last year, had bad luck, did good at the GP, blah, you know, whatever. Like, that's exactly that, that X Games thing. Exactly, you, it's so funny. Without me telling you guys how it worked, you pretty much said exactly how it does work. Like there actually is a database where you have to type in every result the guy's ever had in every event he's been in, in any kind of like. Okay, when we had the Supercross race at X Games, we still had to put in all their motor results from every outdoor national, even though it's not it's apples to oranges. Right. It could still be relevant at some yeah. point. And I'm and not e- entered in this. There's this database that has every athlete who's ever been in the X Games ever and every result they've ever had in any event they've ever been in, even outside of the X Games. So you're never stuck. Like, let's say some, the, 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 I think pro- probably a reason they do it, let's say a guy gets hurt really badly and they got to kill five minutes of time mm-hmm. while they wait. Yeah. To, you know, I, I shouldn't use the word kill. Would they have to spend five minutes of time? You know, you could just punch up that computer and be like, okay, well, his mom and dad is this. and <laughs> What's that? They don't shoot T-shirts into the stands and try to do the wave? <laughs> Bingo. Uh, no, uh, and, and, and yeah, like, and we don't even, I'm not even claiming that we need to do that, because why can't, you showed me some of the stuff you had to do. It was gnarly. It's too much yeah. for that. And I think the reason it's overkill, because I think the ESPN model is based around, say, a college football game where you've got, what, 80 players and 100 relevant teams, and that's hard for any one announcer to prepare yeah. for all of that. Um, but this is a series where you're just following the same 40 guys every week. That's it, 40 guys total for the whole season. If there's 80 guys in both classes, I feel like I could come up with a couple of relevant facts for 70 of them. 
we've talked about TV too too long. Okay. Got to move on. Okay, let's move on. So says the TV expert. Um, well, I'll just keep making myself look worse. So I'm just going to say nothing from now on. Okay. I can't win on these TV. These TV. Uh, Whatever, man. You just want Ralph's job, man. That's well, all. I'm it. saying, like, I'm either going to look like I'm <laughs> covering for them or making them look bad on purpose for my own selfish gain. So. Yeah. Plus, okay. how far in this podcast are we? Thirty-one. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike-car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Yeah. Um, anything else in the 450 class? you want to just move on to the, to the lights class? Whoa, uh, whoa. Well, really? We're just getting uh, you, you want to move on? I'm moving on. What well, about... People want to talk about the race, not the TV show, right? Anybody see Michael Lessie's shenanigans? I saw it on video. No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, $500 fine. He was on the outside, and you have to line up in your rut square to the gate. And he was moving his bike over, pointing it like a missile to the inside of the first turn. They warned him. He pretended like he didn't hear them. I saw some video of it, too. And then he pulled his bike. Kenny Watson, very upset, very upset at this. And uh, he came out with, like, a fourth-place start. And he got fined $500. I'm sure he'll gladly write that check. My question is, JT, we talked about this on the show. He did it. He did it in Germany. In Bercy, he was counting to four and dropping his clutch no matter what. Um, twice it worked. Twice it didn't. Why has he got to do this kind of stuff? What's up with that? I mean, I just think it's their philosophy. That's just how they approach racing. If there's, like I said on your show last night, if there's an edge or an advantage or an angle, any possible way to one up everybody, they're going to take it. They don't care. You know, and there's some, you know, that's not always bad. I, I commend them for it. They they want to mm-hmm. win, and you know, if there's any way that they can have an advantage, they're gonna they're gonna do it. So, um, and another thing I was thinking about too with that is the guy that's behind the gate that is, you know, kind of keeping us all in check is uh, Tool Time. Yeah, and that used to be his mechanic. So, for me, like if Truman was yelling at me to move my bike over. I would just be like, yeah, shut up, Dan. Dan, you're, I, I got, you're, you're a long-time yeah, you know you know long I mean? mechanic, right, right. Yeah, so it's kind of like that mentality, like if Tool Time's yelling at Mike to do something, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Like, I made a mess about to go. Like, whatever, <laughs> get out of my face. 
<laughs> right. So I don't know if that played a part, but it crossed my mind anyway. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Wygant? You didn't see it? I was it? wondering how Mike got – didn't he get the last or the last spot in his heat race? He was 18th. Like he barely got he had 18th pick. Right, and I was wondering how he got such a good start. I know Mike's a good starter, but, you know, he hasn't been grabbing every hole yeah. shot anymore. Um, and I was wondering how that happened, so now it all makes sense. But, like JT said, I, the one thing I don't think that you should ever take away from the Alessis, there's a lot of stuff that people say about them in the negative, but it's, they don't have any problems with lack of effort, lack of desire. You know, they're just there to cash a paycheck. You know what I mean? Right. They are giving it everything they have, which in their normal circumstances, you commend that. For them, it seems to go the opposite way. But, hey, your answer is right there. He spent 500 bucks to turn an 18th gate pick into nearly a hole shot and a fourth-place finish in the main. Yeah. Job well done. Yeah. Um, Hanson fifth, another strong finish from Hanson. Um, yeah, I talked to Hanson uh, after the race because I figured you probably weren't going to interview him, Steve. So that's probably a good call. that. Yeah. Um, and I said – Listen, man, is it on purpose? Because we all expected you to just come out and show these huge flashes and, and show you the speed to run with anybody. But instead you've been – it looks like you're trying to just be consistent. Is that on purpose? And he said it is. He's trying to build – his real goal is to make sure he does all 17 races. That's his number one goal for the year, which I think is cool because I don't think a lot of guys necessarily focus on that. But it actually is – as soon as you're laying on the ground, it's pretty important. Um but uh, he did say, I can. I can run with anybody. But that's coming. That'll, that's coming later. Um, so I think we're having some fun in this show saying how amazing is it that Josh Hansen has become the rock for that team. But I think it's even cooler that it's not even an accident. Like, he really, as he, you know, they say, what, leopards don't change their spots. But I think he really looked at what he needs to do to succeed here in this class. And he's doing it. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, uh, JT, same thing. I agree. Uh, yeah, would, um, I mean, he's been, been solid. Hard to take anything away from him. Uh, yeah. Weimer, Weimer. Hey, what happened with Wyndham there and Alessia at the end? Because you know it was what? so funny. Uh, yeah. You talked to Wyndham, and he's like the dude was cutting me off before the, um, that had that camel back up and down or yeah. dragging back up Drag- and down with a double, yeah. and you could see that he couldn't do it. But Alessia, and then I asked Mike, and he's like, he caught up to me, and I just sprinted away from him. So, <laughs> of course. When I, yes. So when I watched it, I'm not sure. What do you think? Well, JT, you might know. How one line did it become there? Because it almost looked like, hey, it got one line. It might just kept using the line. And that means. Meant yeah, well, I mean, Mike's, Mike's a good blocker. I mean, he right. looks behind him, looks where you are, anticipates what you're going to do, will purposely make you not jump if he can. He, I mean, he's not scared, you know. Obviously, his so he knew it was kind of one line to do whatever. advantage of that. Yeah, well, Kevin got a run on him on that Camelback thing, and Mike kind of swerved at him to deter him from jumping, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And then Mike kind of kept Kevin back there and let uh, James kind of catch up there. Um, yeah. But, you know, what What do you want Alessi to do? You want him to just give the spot away, I guess, you know? Uh, so there's kind of a gray area there of what's, what's dirty and what's not and what's okay and what's not. Um, you know, and obviously Mike thinks he did nothing wrong. And I think that's been their mentality their whole racing career uh, is, you know, there's nothing wrong with the things they do. It's just we want it, we want it more than you do. And then there's the other side where Wyndham's just like, you know, come on, guy, you can't swerve at me right off the jump, you know. Right. So, right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would expect both answers from both people at this point. <laughs> uh, James Stewart, 
what's going on? I guess we all. Uh, he got, I mean, he got kind of got screwed, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I don't know what he would have done. I think he would have been on the podium easily if that hadn't happened to him. You know, would you, would you I, Davey crashed right in front of him, and would he have gotten? Didn't really, you know. Would he have gotten Dungey? I think uh, he was already ahead of Dungey. I don't think Dungey would have caught him. Okay. So, uh, I think he would have gotten second pretty easily. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think that would have been it. I don't think he could have caught Bill Poto by any means. And I, I don't know that he could have beat Bill Poto had he started in front of Bill Poto. To be honest with you. Right. So, uh, I think he would have gotten second. And unfortunately, Davey crashed in front of him, and he stalled it trying to get around him. And you know that was pretty much it for him. And so. JT's still going down the road of the bike, though. You're still down that road. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look that great. Right. He looked okay. I mean, his lap times in practice weren't anything, you know, to celebrate. Um, he looked all right, just not not as good as RV and Chad. I thought uh, right. that that was my opinion. I didn't think he looked as good as those two, but yeah. I mean, he did. He did win his heat race, so you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, okay. I, I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, it's just kind of an average race, and he kind of got screwed over a little bit with something he couldn't control. Right. Uh, Gavin Faith, Weston Pike. Do we do we want to talk about that at all? What do you think about that, JT? Um, Pike won on the transponders, but they have three people to break any ties for scoring. One person is the, tra- one is the transponders, two are the humans that score the race. The two humans said that at the very top of the jump, Faith was ahead. Yeah. I mean, I guess – does, what does the rule book say as far as that? Like, is that at the top of the jump? Yes. That's where the rule is made. Yes, the top of the jump is the finish. But they can't. Yeah, I guess the... you have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess you have to go off of that. I mean, I don't. I don't really know. It's kind of you know, it's never happened before where it's been this close and un, you know, differing opinions. So. Sure looked like to me. I, I mean, I would have been going there. crazy if I was Pike. I know that. Right. Like, I would have been like the board, timer, everything says I beat him. Yeah. And then you know, you guys say I didn't. But oh yeah, I can imagine. There, I mean, there is definitely a big difference between the bottom of the jump and the top of the jump, momentum-wise. So, what are we talking in, in money? Do you think Pike potentially lost out on, besides the points, uh, of course, a couple grand? Probably? The points are big. No, no, no. I don't know what Cowie contingency is if there's any at all. But you know, like third place in LCQ is like fifteen hundred bucks, and then to make the main event is like a little over 2000 so okay. it wasn't oh, I like thought it was thousands more than that. of dollars. I thought it was a bigger jump than that, to be honest. No, the, the points are important. You know, that's right. a big part of it. But money-wise, yeah. you know, no more than $1,000, I don't think. Right. Uh, what do you think, Wygant, of that whole thing? Um, I, what I think is strange about it is no one. Have you found a person yet who has ever heard of this or seen this happen? No. Ever? No, and, and, you know, John Gallagher from the FIM told me, like, there's nothing in it for me, Mathis, to do this. I could have just said – Leave it as it is, and no one would have questioned them. You know what I mean? No, Gavin Faith would not yep. have stormed up to the AMA right. and declared that he had, was in front of Faith. Or, I mean, uh, right. in front of Pike. So there's yep. no there's no reason for FIM to overturn this, except when the finish line flagger buzzes in and goes, "Hey, I think Faith got it. Let's check with the two scores." Hey, uh, older lady, what, what was one of them your mom, JT? JT. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh. Was one of the scorers your mom? Yes, she was. Ooh. 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 Yep. Some I actually didn't even talk to her about it, but, I, you know, obviously. Do you think at any point you would have brought that up? Do you think, saw, do, you, so. do, you, 
you uh-huh. think at any point that might have been good to, for you to bring that up at all? Maybe that your mom was well, one I, of the scorers. I mean, I I was going to, but I didn't. I haven't spoken with her about it, and she doesn't have a vested interest in it. So, yeah, no, of course I mean, not. But just, her, I, I'm sure all they did was ask her who who was there first. You know what I mean? And they both uh, said the same thing, so they said what they saw. Uh, wouldn't that be the first thing that would be come out of your mind, though? Like out of your mouth? Hey, my mom was one of the scorers. I went on for I went on for seven to eight minutes about this, and I had to ask you if your mom was one of the scorers. I mean, don't you? This would be a key. I'm trying to protect the innocent here, Steve. This would be a key part of you the story. You put your mom in the line of fire, and let's see what happens. I mean, why get? Why get? Back me up. Why? Back me up. JT, admit, were you there the whole time, sheepishly, like, don't bring that up, please? Just let <laughs> no, I was, I was ready. I mean, I, I had the, oh. you know, the grenade with the pin pull, ready to throw it. <laughs> just uh, was hoping it wouldn't come to that. <laughs> hey, okay, let me put this this way. JT, we've, we've had fun calling you king of the LCQ. You've, you've been in a lot of LCQs. You've won a lot of LCQs. You've been in this situation. As a racer, do they tell you this is how it works? Or is that all news to you as well? No, and I don't think anybody knew. <laughs> well, that's, that's the I mean, point. I think that's inarguable. If you're going to have a rule that is this important, this critical, making the main event or not making the main event, how could that have never been brought up in a single riders' meeting? Like, hey guys, ever? like for the, example, yeah. Do you even know if it's the top of the jump, or do you even know really what the official finish line is? No, that's why I just asked you that. <laughs> and, and, and bingo. Do they not at every riders' meeting, JT? What's do they not show the black flag? What do they do at every riders' meeting? Give me something that they do at every riders' meeting. Uh, yeah, I mean they they go over okay. the same stuff every week. Okay, nothing, nothing yeah. important. Yellow flag, medic flag. Hey guys, the transponders are not at the top of the jump. They're buried because of track maintenance and ruts. They're not quite the official timekeeping. In the event of a dispute, we will go to manual scoring. Next, but, but like, the, the thing I would say to that is, would it jump. change anything? Like in well, the race. I mean, would they're going to say, oh, I just let off here. I got it. No, you know? but I'm saying, like, Pike wouldn't freak out um, and, and, and if he knew, heard that every weekend, that, hey, guys, the transponders are not the end-all and be-all for scoring. Then Pike would not go ape shit um, uh, on everybody, and, and Weston's dad apparently ape shit on the phone. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, true. I, I mean, if you knew the situation going in, then you would be a little bit more prepared for it, I guess. I can, I can see that for sure. That's my point. Plus, right. I don't even know. I mean, if you have a vague idea of what even counts as the finish, like is it the landing, is it midair? I mean, I don't know. Would that encourage you to maybe overjump a thing or something, even though that wouldn't even matter because by the time you land, you're 50 feet past the finish line, although no one knew the finish line was a takeoff. You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems like if it's that critical and that rule is that strong, everyone should know it's the top of the jump. Yeah, they don't get, yeah I, think, uh, I don't think it's going to change anything other than maybe a little bit less drama after the race. I mean, yeah. racing-wise, it's not going to change anything. You can't do anything differently. You're, at that point where, the, where the, the transponder is through that, you, I mean, you're not going to jump 30 feet over, you know, past the jump. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to do that. So and all if, you can do is go wide open out the, of the corner and go as fast as you can, basically, regardless the, of where the finish line is. You're still going to scrub, you know. It's, it's, yeah. Part of it's just not going to change. Uh, I, I think the only thing that could have been avoided was all of the, the panic and you know wonder about what the heck was going on. 
in the future, JT, if we're discussing a topic and, you know, there's something relevant that you have, like, say, a family member involved, directly involved in a situation, feel free to bring it up. I'll feel free, but I don't feel forced to. <laughs> I don't know what to say to this. I'm flustered right now because I uh, Okay. Well, you act like you didn't know my mom was a scorer. I know she's a scorer. But I don't know if she did the Dallas event. You live in Florida. Well, I'm, you know. As your job as host, wouldn't it be something you could bring up? Yeah, I, and I did. Maybe you need to be like, folks scorer. at home, just to, just to add another element to this, Jason's mom was a scorer. I didn't know she was. That's why I asked you. I don't know what races she goes to anymore. You know? Well, that, that added added so, sense to the show. What does your mom have against Weston Pike? Like, what is the motive there? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I, I mean, all they did, I guarantee you, I've been, I was a runner for the AMA, like running the score sheets for years when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. And all they would do is the uh, Chad, who is the, the, has the checkered flag, every race uh, would just walk over and say, you know, score one, who, who did you see cross first? They give your answer. Score two, who did you see cross first? They give your answer, and that's all there is to it. Hmm, I wonder if... Uh, if, both, if both of them agree, then that's what they go. Well, again, I wonder if there was a certain uh, number 66 involved in some sort of finish like that. How'd that all go down? Uh, Ooh, I bet 66 very good point. Good. What's that? JT? I bet 66 would be looking good. <laughs> um, uh, but he would be the first one. There, It wouldn't be like that. He would just have gone through the turn better. And yeah. No problem. Right, exactly. There'd be no issues. Uh, let's move on to the lights class because we are running a little bit behind here. Um, Justin Barsher is working with Jeff Stanton. Why again, always a good time to talk to Stanton. You want to talk about somebody that maybe would be good to get in a booth. Yeah, perhaps Jeff Stanton would be. Uh but how much do you think, uh, in, in that brief time we talked to Stanton, what do you think about what, what he was saying about working with Justin? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's worked with him since uh, end of September. Um, it's just so hard to figure out. I'll never understand the training thing. And I don't mean understand the training thing from, like, a biomechanical science portion. I mean, from the riders will dead tell you forever, I've trained so hard, and they have a trainer or in the case of Barsha, you are almost raised in a training facility. And yet, Stanton comes in and is like, he's never trained a day in his life. Never <laughs> trained a day in his life, ever. Never. You know. Yeah. But, like, okay, here's Barsha. When Barsha came out, say, at his first race at Glen Helen a couple of years ago and almost won it. Man, how did you do that in your first race? Oh, we've just been training so hard. Just training so hard at MTF. Just training, training, training <laughs> so hard. So wh- what? Huh? Right. That's the part that bothers me. I will say that Jeff Dan training, for Jeff Dan, he probably hasn't trained. I mean, that guy is <laughs> ridiculous, honestly. Like, yeah. you know, it, he's probably speaking relatively. That guy has never trained like this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I see. Obviously, he's done lots of training, but you're talking about a different level of intensity and, and all that stuff. The uh... Thank you for explaining that to me. Seriously, you much like your confidence – Sometimes it just comes down to talent thing that you did at the beginning of the year. <laughs> you have really this is this is you've streamlined my life significantly <laughs> with that statement because it's just I've spent well, so many hours trying to figure this out. As someone who's had his butt kicked on many different platforms, including riding, swimming, running, bicycling by Justin, <laughs> I can tell you that that guy is no joke. Yeah, yeah. However, whatever <laughs> game you want to line up, Stanton and JT, it doesn't matter. Whatever game you want. Yeah. 
Uh, horseshoes. Yeah, bring it. You are going to get your butt kicked. Horseshoes, checkers, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, the guys on TV I thought were coming down on Barsha a little hard for being, you know, a rough rider and taking people out. And I mean, I thought I saw I, I saw I got a few tweets too that were telling me ah oh, stupid Barsha or this and that. I saw it a little differently. I saw him. I mean, hey, if Wharton Wharton wanted wanted some, and Justin gave him some. But, like, it was sort of both guys willingly saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. In the past, Barsha, I felt like, just goes over and just railroads guys. Not always needed to. And I saw this weekend he got in close a few times. I saw him check up a little bit. I saw him not put guys in over the berm that he could have. And I thought that was maybe a little bit of Stanton saying, hey, you got to think out there. Besides getting his hair cut, by the way. We learned that also. Um, what do you think, JT? Am I right? Or, or is it the same old Barsha? No, I kind of agreed. Um, it's still, still the same Barsha as far as level of aggressiveness. Like he, you know, he was forcing the issue a lot. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like he showed some restraint, which I'd never seen before. Uh, a, lot, a lot, actually, a few times, I, it, it crossed my mind as I was watching. I'm like, wow, he kind of, you know, he could have just right. drilled that guy, and he Thank checked you. up and Thank took you. the line and made the pass. Right. So I agree with your point as far as there was a noted difference. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like it was a different person. It was still Justin yeah. Barsha yeah. the way that way, but there was a, you know, more of wisdom behind his riding a little bit. If that makes any sense? Yeah. I, you know, I could see somebody's somebody's hand had been on him and said, you, you know, you don't have to do that at that time. You don't have to make an enemy here. Yeah. You know, you can just make the pass and ride away from him and win the race. So. What do you think, Wyatt? Yeah, I agree. When I was talking to uh, Justin after the race, I said to him, like, it seemed like you were maybe being aggressive, but maybe only 75% of your normal stuff. Like, yeah, he was maybe pushing the issue a little bit, but it wasn't the full-on 100% bam-bam. And he said, yeah, I was given some bams, but not bam-bam, which is exactly what I think it was. Yeah. I think what still happens is, you know how, like, in, um, you know, they talk about in other sports like the uh, football or basketball, like a team that's physical, they try to impose that style on the game because that's the way they want the game to be played because that's where they're most comfortable. Yeah, the Ra- like the Raiders. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, standard of excellence. The, uh, I still feel like somehow that still hovered around the race. Like when Barsha's in a Supercross and he's one of the contenders and he's one of the players, it's like he's almost able to get other riders to play that kind of game. And the one thing I always praise Barsha for is – he dishes it out, but he never – it's like a arena cross guy. Like, at the end of the day, you never yeah. hear him get mad you know. if someone hits him back. If someone gets – I don't think so. Like, I feel like he's like, that's the way I want to race, and I'm always going to be cool with it. And I feel like he somehow manages to get other guys into that, and that's not necessarily what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did feel like there was a little extra, and maybe that's the thing. Like you're saying, like, Wharton decided I'm going to race him that way. Yeah. So Justin's like, well, okay. Wharton have raced. I, I just think it's a situation where your reputation precedes you. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, Justin Barsh is behind me. It's on now. You know. You know it's coming. Yeah. So you might as well strike yeah. first. So right. exactly. Like if I don't think Wharton would have raced another guy like that. But like I think it's often no, for Justin's situation because he, you know, he, no one's going to be more comfortable racing that way than him. Mm-hmm. So if he can get you into that kind of race, advantage him. So I think it's um, pretty smart on his part. It's like being in a battle with like a rabid mongoose. Like you got to strike first. That mongoose is going to get you. <laughs> you know, and so if you, it's you and mongoose, you got to you, you got to go at it. Uh, Wharton was impressive though. 
for all the bam bams he got from everybody, uh, Durham included, Man. he ended up with fourth. And I don't know if it was one of you two jerkies or if it was Watson or if it was Ping. I do too many of these stupid shows. But someone told me that Wharton's going to be someone to watch. And they might be Henry Ping. Was it Ping? Ping. All right, yeah. Uh, he was good. He was good. It was. He was. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how he got fourth. I can't. I still can't. Even after asking him, I'm still not sure how that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was well. He like was, when you get bombed on the first lap, I don't even know. I guess because so many other riders were already down. That's yeah. all I can get. Yeah, everybody crashed out. Baggett, Bogey, yeah. Bogle, you know, all yeah. those guys had issues. Yeah. Um, bummer for uh, Cunningham, Lemoyne, and Baggett. They just about – they gave themselves a little – not much room for error. Now the rest of the series. I mean, you're probably allowed one bad race in, in a seven, eight-race series. And they, yeah, they as much as we, we yeah. talk about it being a short series and you have to be consistent, you can look and, and there's been plenty of times where a rider has had one bad one and managed yeah. to come back. Even like the situation, you know, Tomac could still easily win this title. I think back, way back when Ben Townley, I'm going to blow people's mind here, won a Supercross title in the uh, East yeah. region. His bike blew up at the opener and he still came back yeah. in the title. No, so he, it can be done. Nathan Ramsey broke a chain, didn't even qualify for yeah. the year he won. You're, allowed, right. you're allowed one. Basically, um, yeah. Um, in most years, and these guys already had their one right there. Uh, not that Cunningham, I think, was going to win the title, but you know, if he had any aspirations, he was uh, right going to do it in this one. Baggett, Baggett had a lot of issues. It seemed like um, uh, I, I think you heard that he might have been a little sick, and then he told me that he crashed into whoops early in practice. Yeah, and I heard a little bit messed up from that. So I heard I heard from his ace tuner that he was sick, and then you told me that. Um, you know, he might have dinged himself up in practice. And then Mitch told yeah. me after the race that he was – everything was coming out both ends all week, which Man. wasn't good to hear or to, make, or to picture. So, um, yeah, he definitely bagged it. That's not the way you want to start a series. What about – No, you didn't see what he's really capable of, not at all. Let's move on a little bit. Uh, Mookie uh, Bogle, um, Weege, thoughts? You know – I, I, I might be in the minority here. I'm not really sure. I haven't really taken the temperature of this. But I have no issue with what Bogle did. Like, I don't have a problem with it from both angles. A, I think it's cool, exciting, fun, whatever. So I have no problem with it from that standpoint. B, um, like, if I were him, I would have been mad. I'd have been like, man, it's my first race. I'm trying my best to just, you know, get through it. You know, if I, got, if I take fourth, if I take third, fifth, whatever right. it is, right. I'm just trying to – um, you know, at one point he got back in front of Barsha because Barsha made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, go ahead, you're my teammate. I'm not here to – I'm just going to get what I can get tonight. Yeah. And then a dude just cleans you out, and now your race is ruined because you're yeah. stuck in his bike. I would have been mad. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't blame really on either angle. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was dirty. I, I do question the fine, though. Like, I, okay, fine Bogle. Um, because he slapped another rider, he hit another rider, physically struck. Yeah, yeah, and I say yes, fine him. Yeah. I have no, he, he right. should be fined, but I don't have a problem with him doing it. No, me neither. Even though he got fined, kind of like the Alessi thing. JT, what, like do you, thing. what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I thought it was foolish, just kind of unnecessary move by Mookie. I mean, that that happens a lot in that class, though. You know, I'm not going right. to crucify him for taking somebody out. Uh, obviously, Bogle, you know, reacted the way he did. He was. You know, he was upset. He had a great race going, and it was ruined. And, you know, I think we've all been in that situation where, you know, emotions get the best of us. And uh, I, th- I think the fines were more of a future deterrence mm-hmm. um, just to kind of uh, get a 
you know, get a hold of everybody early and say, you know, it's not going to fly. You're not going to take people out. You're not going to swing at people. Right. You're going to get fined, and, and, you know, we're just not going to stand for it. So uh, this aggression will not stand kind of deal. <laughs> um, so I think that was just more of a warning shot, you know, across everyone's bow to um, settle down a little bit. Give me the give me the one guy that surprised you, JT in the main, Lynn Lights main. One uh, Phil Nicoletti. Filthy, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on my fantasy team, so it wasn't a huge surprise. But if you would have told me he was going to get fifth before the race, I would have been surprised. What was so. he overall in practice? Then, if you must have picked him for your fantasy team, fourteenth. Uh, oh, so you still went for him? Okay, fourteenth is yeah. good, but yeah. not you know not amazing. Um, JT, what do you think? One or why can't one surprise? You know, I wasn't sure uh, what Durham would be able to uh, deliver. Um, you know, that's I, I know that obviously he's fast and has talent and all those things, but actually if you look at him at the Supercross, the experience or even the results have been very limited there. You know, even the fact that he has this ride is pretty much based on what he did outdoors. So that's a bit of a mystery. You're going into a pressure cooker here, coming off an injury, and uh, even just talking to him um, throughout the day, it really seemed like he was – not sure where we'd fit in and, and maybe even a little nervous, although he's not going to say that. Um, so I think for him to go out there, whole shot, lead a bunch of laps, get second, um, I think that's a big a big uh, hurdle that he's he's climbing. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. So uh, went well, I think. Yeah, he actually admitted to Besides me. Nicoletti. Nicoletti getting fifth is obviously, I'd say, the, yeah. the biggest prize, but I'm not just going to steal somebody else's answer. Filthy's on the 1110 Mods team, so that team knows something a little bit about doing something with nothing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, uh, yeah. Um, the uh, Durham actually admitted to me after the race he was really nervous, which was good to see. I like the honesty. He did say he was nervous. He was, uh, you know, wondering, this was his first ride pro circuit, so he wanted to do well. Um, yeah. my, my biggest surprise, and I'm not going to take it to one of your guys', is um, Matt Lemoyne obviously crashed out in the main event, but in practice, top five in practice, I believe, and definitely on the – on one of the bikes that you know aren't the premier ones in the class, and and Lemoyne's going to do some damage, JT. So Matt, so Matt Lemoyne going fast and crashing is is your surprise of the weekend. Matt Lemoyne qualifying as was fast. Martin was Martin Davalos your surprise at Anaheim? Oh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, okay, that's um, the same level for me. No, I'm saying I didn't think he'd be that good. Nico, is he crashing at 450 class, too? Is that your surprise of the 450 class? Uh, you know what? Screw you. Okay, you guys took the two obvious ones, so I'm, I went with one that I had to do. How about Cole Thompson? What about Cole Thompson? I don't feel like we're talking about him Yeah, enough. he was good. He was good. Yeah. yeah really good. good. Canada. Yeah. You know, his brother. Like he played Montreal uh, Supercross. His brother, uh, yeah, JT, you saw firsthand when he uh, whipped your butt at Montreal. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's got, he's got uh, six more podiums and two wins to catch up. Um. Ooh, Ooh, good one. No, listen. I'll See you in Germany. Get yeah. over in Germany. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, his brother, Carl Thompson's brother, called me um, in the offseason and said, hey, we want to turn pro. We don't have any rides. Can you help us get a ride? And what do you think? And I told him, listen, if you don't have a – if you, you get one shot at this thing. And if you don't have a ride on a decent team, Troy Lee, you know, Geico, good team, go down to amateurs, kick ass in amateurs, and, and – Wait another year, you know, and they were like, "All right, cool," and then they turned pro with no support. So clearly, it shows you how much uh, either a they value my opinion or b shows you how much I'm right because they they he kicked ass with little support, full privateer. 
Could this be one of those um, ask Mathis and then do the opposite thing? Oh, like George in that Seinfeld episode? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to just, exactly, I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. And if every instinct I have is wrong, doing the opposite must be right. Right. That could be. That could be. He did, he yeah. did well, though. He, he, did, uh, he did pretty good. Anything else about the, uh, the lights class? JT? Uh, not really. Jake Canada, I mean, seventh. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of uh, weak compared to the West Coast, honestly, like as far as depth. Well, a bit. I didn't want to say that because we're early in, but I, I sort of agree, Weege. Yeah, I agree too. I feel like um, the front runners. I feel like everyone was. Uh, it's kind of weird. It almost seemed like there were more first race jitter nerves in the field than there were at Anaheim one for the West guys. Um, and that's even for the front runners. Like, I feel like if you <clears throat> watch Durham or watch Roxon, uh, Bogle, anyone that was up there, it seemed like they were all a little bit tentative, I thought, from what they could do. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the field, yeah, I don't think the depth, you know, maybe going all the way through the 20 riders in the main, I don't think the level is quite the same or the support is quite the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you're taking, uh, you know, you, you got a Troy Lee team that's not there, a couple other things like that, maybe that makes a difference. Well, there's a, but to make up for the Troy Lee team, there was 800 KTM teams. KTM, <laughs> that's true. That's right. JT, did you notice the KTM 250s out there, everywhere you looked? Yeah, they were everywhere. Yeah, it was like an infestation of them. And uh, I did like the, the Langston Racing for us in orange frames, but I feel like they should yeah. get some plastic that matches. Most nervous person at the races on Saturday, Grant Langston. Really? I didn't even yeah, see him. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was a ball of nerves on track walk. I couldn't believe how nervous he was <laughs> in that arena, you know, in that uh-huh. situation. It was crazy. It's, it's like, hey, Grant, you've got some world titles to your belt. Yeah, I mean, for, for a guy who's done it all, won it all, been there yeah. every situation and come through, to, right. be that, to, to see him that nervous about it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, that, that is funny. I didn't even see Grant all day. I didn't talk to him, but um, I know if I had talked to him, it would be for a long time. So I do know that. Um, yeah, he's a talker, that's for sure. Yeah, he is. Um, anything else, Wygant? Catch your eye in the lights class. Uh, Angelino Pellegrini from Italy with an all-white helmet and stock graphics making the main event. Yeah, I know that guy. Like he is that guy. Evgeny Mikolov of Supercross. Yeah, you know that guy, JT? Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. He, uh, I've raced him in Germany a few times. He's super, super nice guy. He's, you know who he's really good friends with is uh, uh, Davide uh, Degliosposti. Huh? Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> yeah, the short little guy. The Sp- Spanish guy? Uh, no, Italian. Wrote for, like, Jungle Gym a few years ago. Yeah. He's always a bursty. Tiny guy. Yeah, Espos- Espo- Esposito. Yeah, yeah. Esposito. Es- him and, yeah. uh, yeah, they're really good friends. Esposito, not Esposito. No, but so. I always think of es- Esposito like the hockey player whenever I see him. <laughs> um, Very similar. Yeah, so, uh, well, Italians can ride Supercross. Who knew? Didn't know much about yeah. the guy. but well, good. that's. A lot of them, that's all they ride. You know, those French guys, like, they don't ride outdoors. He's not French. Cologne, uh, you know, those. Uh, yeah, but he's not French. Sorry, one. He's Italian. No, no, I'm saying, but they all ride the same series, so they all ride the French Supercross series. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So those guys, they don't ride outdoors at all. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, JT, uh, who, got your, uh, yep. who got your German Supercross title this year? Uh, Gerke. Gerke won. Ooh, is there tension in the truck? Man, nah. I mean, he was he was leading the series going into the last race, and I didn't get to go. So, whatever. What am I gonna do? I mean, he he gave me a window though. He didn't qualify the first night, so I had, would have had a shot at it. But I mean, he deserved it. He he was ahead of me when you know the last race we raced. He was ahead of me. So, 
Um, was he was he seen in the bumper eating Kit Kat bars in Germany to psych you out? And did he carve his initials <laughs> no. in a test track today? No. I mean, is, 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 <laughs> he was probably eating uh, battles. Probably eating some kind of meat dish there, um, <laughs> since that's all they have there. Uh, JT, I wish we could repeat what you were telling me in the truck when you were imitating Germany when you're imitating Germans. <laughs> oh my God, that was funny. Uh, but we can't. We... I, I've got that. I've got that down. Oh, let me Here. tell you, Wygan. If you need somebody to imitate a German, any phrase. In this case, it was an X-rated phrase. But if you were like, "Hey, I wonder what this would sound like in German," go ask JT. Uh, I can find. Got a dial. For this. Yeah. For, uh, sure. for example, make one up. Make one up. Wygan. Any phrase no. you want. And, <laughs> Wait no, a minute. No, on the air. You just no. said off the air. No, no, I'm saying this was X-rated, but I'm saying, like, just ask them any phrase what they would say, how they would say it in Germany about anything non-X-rated. Just a string of words. Put a string of words okay. together. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. JT, how would, they, how would the German be like, the track is good, my bike needs more horsepower? Uh, okay. It'd probably be something like, the track, my, my bike, it needs more power. It needs... It needs the power. Needs the power. It needs the power. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The bike. The bike. The bike. The bike. It needs the power. That's exactly how it would be said. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like like I said, Wyatt. Anything you want, he can. He can. He's right. got it down. He, you, he's like Siri, basically for us. <laughs> yeah. Need, yeah. Hey, I, I don't have anything on Pingree's Scottish accent. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um. All right. Uh, anything else? What else? Anything no, else? I gotta go. We're good. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. JT's gotta, <laughs> JT's gotta go. Well, hey, uh, thanks for doing the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast show, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Thanks very much, guys, and uh, we'll see both of you jerkies in Atlanta. All right. All right, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.